0: It's good to see you guys. Good to see everyone that's in the house. I know we have uh, quite a few viewers at home and online. Uh, Just want to welcome everybody tonight. I want to welcome you to the mission, our Wednesday night Bible study. I want to inform you also in case you're not aware, if you're at home and maybe uh, you're not uh, aware of some of the activities we have going on and the changes we've made on Wednesday nights. As you know, and as you've seen already, uh, for those of you who have been consistent and been watching, uh, we don't have our usual service type, right? Our worship and all those aspects that we usually do. We want to let you know that there's still giving um, methods that you can uh, use to give your offerings, your tithes, if you prefer to give them on Wednesday night or if you're not able to be here on Sundays. Uh, We have our, our digital giving platforms, um, and you can find those uh, platforms on our website. Our website has uh, a giving page where you can go on there and uh, use PayPal, uh, PushPay, and give electronically. Um, and then, of course, if you're here in the house uh, and you would like to give your tithes and your or an offering on a Wednesday night, feel free. We have a wooden box um, at both of our uh, rear. Uh, Exits, uh, our exits there um, where you can deposit tithes and offerings. Amen. And also uh, on Wednesday nights, uh, we have simultaneously on our on our viewing platforms, which YouTube and Facebook, we have our English and our Spanish Bible studies. Spanish Bible studies going on in our uh, adjacent hall, transitions hall. And we also have discipleship. Groups, uh, discipleship training, uh, ministry, and groups that are going on on Wednesday nights, as well as uh, leadership, leadership development training. Uh, So, if you are newer to the faith and you would love to be discipled, uh, get closer and deeper into studies on a more discipleship type of teaching uh, curriculum that we have, you're more than welcome to join any one of those. We don't live stream those. Uh, courses. We have those only on campus. Uh, and then we also have our leadership development. If you've been walking with the Lord for some time now and you've been thinking about how can I get more plugged in? How can I get more connected um, at the mission? And and what are different ways that I can help serve? And you want to serve. You want to start taking that next step to serve the Lord. Um, you can always uh, inquire about our leadership development curriculum, and those are going on every Wednesday here on campus as well. And then we have our, for those of you who are not sure, maybe you didn't know, uh, if you have your, your boys and girls at home, uh, we started up our Royal Ranger Ministry, which is our boys' ministry. Uh, they meet also every Wednesday here in our rock gym, and uh, it's an awesome time. My three boys are there right now, and they always have a blast uh, at the end of the night. They always say, Dad, why'd you pick us up so early? Right. Having fun. Well, um, not only are we done, but your Royal Rager commanders are also done and they want to go home, but uh, they have a good time. And then we have our girls ministry also next door here on campus. Uh, And our boys and girls ministry are uh, from like, I think, kinder, first grade all the way up through, uh, I think, up until middle school. I'm not sure. 100 percent sure. But uh, you can inquire about that as well. We have all that information on our website. Uh, you can speak to any one of us. We'll give you some more details. But all of those are on campus. Uh, we're not live streaming those anymore. Those are on campus. Amen? All right. Uh, would love to see you all on Sunday as well. We have a great uh, Sunday service at, at 9 a.m. in English and 11 o'clock in Spanish. And uh, we're celebrating um, Pacific uh, Asian Pacific Islander Month and um, we are just having a good time with that and, and enjoying that. Um, and so we look forward to this Sunday and also want to give you a heads up. Two weeks from this Sunday, okay, two weeks from this Sunday, our youth, our, our young people will be participating in all the different aspects of our uh, Sunday morning service on the 29th. Um, So we just want to give you a heads up. We're going to have our youth coordinator emceeing the service. We're going to have some of our youth and our young people joining the worship team uh, that's led by our our own Pastor Nena. And uh, they're going to be up here reading the word of God uh, right before the message. So they're going to be participating quite a bit on the 29th. So we'd love to have you come and support and just encourage them. It's it's our way as a church of encouraging our young people. And uh, many of them have a call in their hearts to to go into ministry. So that's a way for us to encourage our young people to have them up here on a Sunday program, Sunday morning service. Uh, they'll be active in both our English and our Spanish service that Sunday morning. So I just want to give you guys a heads up so you know to come out because we're going to be having a good time uh, on that Sunday morning. That's Sunday the 29th. So those are just a few announcements I wanted to cover. I wanted to give everybody a heads up on and you can find them in our bulletins as well. Um, on paper and online, okay? Our bulletins are, are uploaded to our website every week as well. You can find all of that info on our website. So make sure you guys are following our website, checking it regularly, as well as our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. Um, okay, we're going to continue in Acts this evening. We're going to be going into Acts chapter 14. Uh, I really pray and hope you guys are, are following along at home, that you're reading uh, the word and following, uh, even getting a head start on what we're reading. Maybe some of you are, are avid readers and you're just, you probably already read through the entire book of Acts. That, that is amazing and that's wonderful and that's a great way to, to stay on top of, of God's word. Amen. Especially when we're going through a series. Uh, it's encouraging because sometimes we read stuff, right, in God's Word and we, we want a little bit more. We want, to, we want to understand a little bit more. And uh, maybe Wednesday night and Sunday mornings is a great time for us to understand a little bit more. And maybe even, I'm going to tell you something. Every time I go to read the Word of God, I always ask the Holy Spirit to open my mind. You know, I always ask the Holy Spirit to open my heart. Um, because I want Him to show me. I want God. I want the Holy Spirit to really like open my eyes and not, you know, if there's something there that I need to catch, I need it. You know, that's for me. Um, and, and then I want to share it as well, not just with those of you here, but with others, uh, friends, family. Hey, look what I found. And I'll, I'll text them a verse or a scripture. And, um, you know, it's just something that's good practice. Before we enter the Word of God, before we go to read, ask the Holy Spirit. Open my eyes. Open my heart. I want you to open my mind, and I even tell my boys when they're doing homework. Hey, don't be afraid when you're at school. You're taking a little exam. Our oldest just had some kind of testing last week. I think S back or I don't know what they're called. But anyways, he had some testing last week, and I said, "Hey, bud," I said, "Right before you start your exams, man, just close your eyes for a quick second, and ask the Lord to open your mind. You know, so you can do well on your exams and." Uh, take your time and ask the Lord for peace in your mind and your heart and kind of try to settle yourself, you know, take those deep breaths that you need to take. And I, I use that same application when going into the word. So tonight, as we go into chapter 14 of the book of Acts, um, I haven't done this these last couple of weeks that I've been doing the Wednesday night Bible study. But why don't we do it tonight? Um, let's all go to the Lord in prayer and open up our Bible study tonight in, in a brief word. Amen a brief prayer lord we thank you we thank you for this beautiful uh evening that you've given us Uh, we thank you lord for this time that we can come to your house that we can gather together and dive into your word Uh, we bless your name this evening and we ask that you would come and open our hearts and open our minds help us focus on you uh, during this time and on your word lord Uh, we pray your blessing over this time and we pray Your blessing over all of our people, all our activities that are going on this evening. Um, We thank you. We thank you for your spirit that is here with us. And we ask for your peace and understanding um, during this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Chapter 14, verse 1. We'll start there. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. There, they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. They spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. One thing that I I hear a lot is, Pastor, a lot of times I don't even know what to say if I'm going to share with someone. And I want to tell you this, when the Holy Spirit is guiding us, when the Holy Spirit is going to use you, don't think about it too much. If it's in an office setting, a school setting, uh, at a table, having dinner at a restaurant with some friends, and you have the opportunity, okay, the Lord opens that door. And you weren't even planning it, but all of a sudden, there's a comment that's made. Where you know in your heart, oh, my goodness, I think the Lord's opening an opportunity right here for me to share something. And many times we'll ignore it because we think, nah, it's not the right setting. Or, well, what if they start really asking me questions? Don't be afraid to say, you know, I'm not sure. But you know what? Why don't we find out together? Why don't we go to the scriptures together and see what God's word says about that? But for us not to be afraid to not have all the answers all the time. I don't have all the answers. And when I have folks ask me something, I'll say, you know what? That's an amazing question. I'm not 100% sure. But let's look look it up together. Let's find out together. Or, hey, give me a day or two or whatever. Let me call you in a couple days. Is that fine? Yeah, sure. Why? Because, come on, let's be real. Let's be honest. We don't all have it. But I want to point something out here is that, Each and every one of us has that calling and that purpose that the Holy Spirit that God has given to each and every one of us to do what? What did Jesus tell his disciples? In the book of Matthew, we read about it. He says to all of them, before he ascends and before he leaves them, he says what? Go and make disciples, right? He said, go and make disciples, go disciples. All over the place. Do it as much as you can, however you can. He didn't tell them go get educated first. He didn't tell them go to seminary first. He didn't say anything like that. There wasn't really much like that anyways. I mean, they had their schools. Trust me, they had their rabbinical schools and their schools of of, uh, scripture reading and learning the scriptures. But not seminary like as much and abundantly as we have today. But that's not what he intended. He wanted us to just share the good news of Jesus, of his gospel. That's it. So when we have the opportunity, if we just, it says they spoke so effectively. I truly believe that because they were speaking from their experiences, because they were telling their story, because they were using the history of God's people to communicate what they had heard, what they had seen, and what they had experienced through Jesus Christ and this new transformation that he had brought to them. That's the effectiveness they had, is that it wasn't so much like this educated background. It was more of a, they spoke from their heart. They shared their testimonies. They shared what they had experienced. And those are the things that bring others to Christ. Trust me, it's not the eloquent messages that somebody preaches, but it's the tugging of our hearts. If you remember, when you came to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's the tugging of our heart through the power of the Holy Spirit that pulls us and says, hey, I need to make a decision, and I need to make a change. You follow what I'm saying? And it says here, they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks Believed. We don't have to wait until we're in a scenario where there's a great number of people, a stadium full of people. That's not what we should wait for is that kind of an opportunity. But that any opportunity that arises, like I said, whether it's at a backyard barbecue, whether it's at, you know, at a restaurant with some friends and you're just hanging out, having a good time, enjoying some good food. Or whether it's with just a friend through a text message where it says, hey man, I have this question or I've had this thing inside, I I need help. That's an opportunity for us to share and open ourselves to share what God has done for us. Amen? Then it says, but the Jews refused, who refused to believe, listen to this, but the Jews who refused to believe stirred up, stirred up the other Gentiles And poison their minds against the brothers. So, remember, we've been talking about and pointing out how every time there's gonna be any kind of growth, anytime there's gonna be uh, success, anytime we're gonna press forward, anytime the gospel is gonna go forward, there's gonna be opposition. Anytime God is gonna do something great in your life. You can know that it's coming many times. I'm not going to say every single time, but many times you can know that it's coming because maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe you're facing opposition right now. Maybe you keep, you know, you, sometimes we say, man, I keep, you know, bumping or, or, or bumping my head about this or I keep hitting this obstacle. It's a perfect opportunity for us to say, okay, Lord, are you closing this door Or is there something greater coming out of this? Is there something that you are doing right now and allowing to happen in my life right now that you're causing this great opposition, this challenge? It's a challenging time in my life that I need to really look at and not ask that you remove it, but ask that you would give me the strength to get through it. Amen? That you give me the wisdom to apply your word to this situation in my life. And a lot of times we meet obstacles in our lives or challenges in our lives or we go through certain seasons because there's a reward coming. Because there's something that God is doing that he's stirring up in our life, in our atmosphere, where we're going to see God move. And we're going to see that right now. So watch what it says. It's They stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas, look at what it says here. So so does, look look at what it says. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there. Now, does it say that they got up, packed up their stuff and left? Does it say that they say, you know what? These guys are hard-headed. They're causing division. Let's get out of here. Let's not waste our time anymore. It says what? That they spent considerable time time there i'm gonna i'm gonna like kind of take another pause here for a sec i'm gonna be one to raise my hand right now too but think about the last time you were going through a struggle something difficult in your life were the first words out of our mouth or in our prayer time oh lord thank you for this Lord, I bless you because I'm going through this difficult situation right now. Oh, Lord, I feel so joyous right now. Lord, I just want to like, woo, have such a good time. Is that the first thing that comes out of our, in our thoughts, in our minds, in our hearts? Really? It's not for me. Not all the time. Usually we say, Lord, Lord, please remove this. Right? Lord, please get me out of this mess. No? Lord man, Lord, I need your help right now. I need, Satan is right here. He's in the way right now. He's causing problems in the name of Jesus. You know what? We, a lot of times, our first reaction is to not want to go through that challenge. A lot of times, our first reaction is, I don't want this. And I always say, you know, we're pretty spoiled. We're pretty spoiled in Western society, you know? I I, I mean, we're, a lot of times, I'm really tempted. I don't like using, the word brat, and, and I, you know, I'll hold my tongue from using that with my boys. You know, I'll I'll call them traviesos. <laughs> I'll use my Spanish, you know, lingo words that my parents yet, and, uh, would use with me. But I'll, like, but we're quicker to call our children, right, spoiled brats. And we forget how spoiled we are as adults. And we think that we've grown out of that. We think that we're no longer spoiled. But yet, the first time we face a challenge, we're asking, right, daddy upstairs to get us out of that mess. Oh, please, Lord Jesus, right? Oh, Father God, we drop on our knees so quick, right? Oh, So here's, here's where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm going with this. This is a great point because it does show us that as believers and as Christians, we're going to face hardships, Everybody faces hardships, right? Believer or not. Whether we're Christians, whether we're faithful, whether we're unfaithful, whether we're, you know, believers, unbelievers, we face, the world faces hardships. Yes or no? We all face hardships. Now, does that mean that when we come to Christ, we're going to face more? Maybe, maybe not. I really don't know. But I do know That we're going to face different kinds of hardships because we are believers in Jesus Christ. Satan's going to want to mess with us more. He's going to want to poison our minds. He's going to want to poison the minds of those around us. He's going to poison the minds and, you know, our families and our bodies through gossip, through whatever he can to poison our thoughts and poison and give us that, you know, uh, we like to use this phrase, stinking thinking, right? Right? Our first reaction shouldn't be to run away from it. Our first reaction shouldn't be to ask for it to be gone. I'd like to challenge us to say that our first reaction should be, Lord, what is it you want me to learn from the situation right now? I'm here for a reason. And it's either my own doing, <laughs> which is usually the case, right? It's usually my own doing, my own stubbornness, my own hard-headedness, my own bad choices. But... I'm here for a reason, but I need you to show me what I need to learn from this situation. What should I do different or what should I do, period? Lord, what would you direct me to do? Give me the wisdom. Let me go to your word. What is it that you're asking me? What is it that you're growing in me or challenging in my life right now? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I've been asking for more patience, right? And there it is. And then all of a sudden, we don't want it. Oh, yeah, I've been asking to give me that strength to persevere, right? Well, here it is. Pastor Joe, oh, no, no, I don't want it anymore. Well, I love this point here because it says they met opposition. They were being divided. But it doesn't say that they ran away from it. It says they spent considerable time there. They dwelled. They stayed there. They faced it. And they said, hey, you know what? Let's buckle down. Let's discipline ourselves and let's face this and let's continue to speak the word of the Lord because that's the truth, because that's what's going to transform their lives. That's what's going to change their hearts. That's what's going to change their minds, their habits. It's the word of God. Let's speak the truth to them. Let's be bold about it. Let's not shy away. So let's continue to bring forth the gospel, the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ because they need him. Because we need him. And that was their stance. That was their position. That they weren't going to back down from what the enemy was doing. Then watch what happened. It says, speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message. Now watch this. When we take a stand, when we take a stand in sharing with others, or standing against the opposition that the enemy is bringing into our lives. And we do it boldly. We do it without hesitation. We do it without holding back. Speaking truth. You, you follow me? And, I, and I'm saying that in, in a sense. We need to speak truth, speak boldly with love. You guys follow me? In God's love, sharing about that transformation that only the gospel message of Jesus Christ can bring. Look at what It says, Speaking boldly for the Lord, it says that he confirmed. Watch this. He confirmed the message of his grace. Whose grace was it? Was it the apostles? Was it their their grace that he confirms? No. It says, speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message, the message that they were teaching, that they were speaking, Of his grace, watch this, by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. This is powerful. In other words, when you and I stand for the truth and speak the truth, God is gonna confirm what we speak. It may be in that instant, it may be later. But God is going to confirm what we speak. Our responsibility and our job is to speak it. In other words, sow that seed, right? My little, my youngest one brought this little Ziploc that his class did, a little project, and it was corn, <laughs> right? They're, they're learning about all that kind of stuff. And he brought this and he goes, Daddy, I want to plant this in the yard. I want this to grow. We're going to grow corn, and then when we grow corn, we're going to make popcorn. And I was like, awesome. It's like, Do you want to get some popcorn now? Because we have some. We can just microwave it. (laughs) And he's like, no, dad, let's plant it. And I said, okay, let's plant it. We planted that. That's our responsibility is just to plant that seed, to speak that message, to do it in the opportunities that God gives us to do it. And he will confirm that message. He will confirm it. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to try to defend the message of the gospel. We don't have to try to be the ones to back it up. We don't have to be the ones to try to prove it. God's going to do that all himself. You follow me? And so he does so with the disciples, with the apostles here. When he says God confirmed that message and they were able to perform signs and wonders. They were able to pray over folks. They were able to be with people and see them come into a new life with Jesus Christ. It doesn't always have to be this magical or this big sign, this, oh, my gosh, somebody was healed and they were lame or somebody was blind and they be able to see in the middle of the service. It was so awesome. You know what the biggest miracle is? The biggest miracle is you and I saying yes to Jesus. You and I saying yes to Jesus every day is a miracle. Me saying yes to Jesus every day is a miracle. You and I saying that's a miracle right there. Because it's not easy to say yes to the Lord every single day. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of faith to say, I trust you every single day. Right? Let's keep reading. So then it says, the people of the city were divided. The people of the city were divided. Okay. I'm going to try to move along. It's already 730. Okay. I ain't trying to keep you guys here for the whole hour. Unless you guys want to stay, you're more than welcome to. (laughs) The people of the city were divided. It says, some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. So some were believing the poison that the Jews were feeding and that they were speaking of, distorting the message of the gospel. Some of them were believing that. And it says, but others were believing what the apostles were teaching and preaching during that time. I started thinking about this and I thought, you know, a lot of times we remember and we think about the message that Jesus was speaking, right? And a lot of times we only look at the ones that sound really good. But as I thought about this and I was like, you know, here they are. they're preaching a message of salvation, right? They're preaching the good news of Jesus, everything they experienced with Christ. but it says that this that they were divided. And they kept they kept coming across this. And it reminded me what Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 says. If you have it, go for it. Turn there. If you want to just listen, just listen. I'm just gonna read a, a part of it, a portion. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. If you go there, this is really cool. It says. And this is Jesus, okay, speaking to his disciples. And it says, I have not come to bring peace. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because didn't Jesus say, my peace I give you, my peace I leave you. You guys remember that? Right? Okay, let me explain something here. It's talking about two different things. Two different types of peace. Now, when you and I are having a tough time with this up here, okay? Right? How many of you guys have a tough time with this thing up here? Right? I, I hear you, Peter and Paulina are raising their hand. They're like, "Yeah, bus, I, I do too." <laughs> I see you, Mike. Man, sometimes, right? This mind of ours needs the peace of the Lord to come and just, right? Are any of you familiar with the Abide app? Anybody? No? Okay. I love the Abide app. I really do. It's a really cool app. (laughs) And um, I'm not trying to promote it. Okay. I'm not telling you to go download it. It's really cool, though. My boys love it. So at night, they like to put on the Abide. It's called Abide. And they have a section that's for kids. And it has these story times. Well, my boys are, they have a lot, a lot of energy. Okay. A lot. Like they are nonstop. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They are nonstop. Like when they fall asleep, once they're once they're done and they're like ready and they fall asleep, it's like bam, it's quick. But man, getting them to the bed, okay, is like, I'm not kidding, it's almost an hour of, of a task from get your pajamas. If we don't get stuff for them, Occasionally we do, but for the most part, they have to go to their drawer. They have to get their stuff. They have to know where they left them in the morning when they took them off. You know, if, it, if they're taking a bath that night, they need to go get them before they go in the bath, bring them into the restroom, put them on the counter of the sink, and get it. You know, we're teaching them how to be a little bit more independent because there's three of them. Hey, only two of us. We're outnumbered. We learned right away that's just going to take too much work. I don't know how our parents did it. You know, five, six, seven kids, eight, Right. Forget about it. So this Abide app at night has these stories for kids, and they all have different narrators. And, you know, they start off by the sound of water trickles, a little stream, right? And this is. And some of them are real funny voices. Hey, kids, you know, and it's really soft, and it doesn't get any louder than this. And the person's voice usually is really deep, and you know, and and then they talk really slow and a little more soothing than I'm doing it right now. And they love to listen to them. Sometimes they'll listen to the same one for a whole week. They'll put the same one on. And Big Brother's in charge of putting on the abide at night, but it like gets them, Lord, as Your child lays down and takes a big, deep breath and lets it out. I pray that your angel, you know, and it has this little prayer, and then it gets into the story, and it'll be a biblical story. And then sometimes it's a little kid reading the story, and they're really cool, but it makes them like, it calms them down, right? It brings this, like, peace. Well, they have some for grownups, too, and every once in a while, I need to go put my headphones on, (laughs) and I need to listen to one. But it like it really does soothe you because of the way they talk. And then they pause a lot. And then they tell you, take this time to meditate on what this passage says. Right? It's real passive, real chill, real calm. I can't do them every day. But sometimes I need those. And I need that peace. Okay? Well, it's a different kind of peace that Jesus is talking about. And in Matthew chapter 10... He, he's kind of talking to them and he's being really serious with his disciples. And he's saying, wait, because you guys think I came to bring peace? This isn't a passive meditation anymore type of peace. He's not talking about political peace. You hear what I'm saying and how it's different? He's come to give us peace of mind to know that with him, we can do anything and we can get through anything. He's come to give us the peace of mind and the peace of our hearts that one day, right, this will all be done. All our hurting, all our sorrows. And that's a peace that we can live with today. So in other words, it's not a peace that we have to wait for. It's a peace that, hey, you know what, Lord, as long as I have you, then I know I'm okay. But the peace he's talking about here is different. See, he's saying here, I have not come to bring peace But a sword, now let me ask you, what does a knife or a sword do? When you're using a knife on the cutting board, is it to keep things together? We use it to cut, right? We use it to sever that ribeye, right, off the bone. We use it to chop. So when he says, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword, he's saying that for many who don't believe and who don't accept, okay, track with me. For those who don't believe and don't accept, it's going to be turmoil. There's going to be division. For those who believe and accept, you will receive a peace of mind, a peace of heart. Because you will know where you stand, right? You will know where your security and your identity is. You will no longer have that inner turmoil. You follow me? So it's a combination of settling our spirits, but it's also a combination of being at peace no matter where we are in life in the sense of like sometimes there's going to be division in the home because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of us experience this today where our cousins, our aunts, our uncles don't want to speak to us. My dad, his family, when they found out he became a born-again Christian at the age of 18, they said, don't ever call us back. You're dead to us. You no longer exist to us. They They disowned him because they were Catholics, and they didn't want anything to do with anything else outside of Catholicism. So did that bring peace? Like the peace that we know, it brought division. Now throughout the years, watch this. This is an awesome testimony. My dad is going to be 90 years old this June. And he's been able throughout the years, I mean, he reconciled, they reconciled with with him years ago. I remember going to visit them when I was like five. um, And... This is Mexico City, all right, so it's like a pretty far trip, and we drove there. We didn't fly there. It took like four of us of the family, and we drove there. We had a 1972 Suburban, and I remember being in the back of that Suburban for most of that ride. It was very uncomfortable, and it was a very long trip. I think we stayed in a motel one night because <laughs> it was like a three-day trip for us or something. The rest of the time, it was like nonstop driving. I was like, it was the worst road trip ever, in my opinion, okay, as a five-year-old, and the way I remember it. But once we were there, it was great. We got to see pyramids, and we went all over the place. It was fun. But throughout the years, my dad has been able to hear testimonies now of the nieces and nephews who came from the same family and were hardcore Catholics, come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And Mary finds spouses that were believers, born-again Christians, and are calling him to say, this is what's happening in my family. This is who my daughter met. This is who my son married. And my dad is now seeing that the seed that he sowed, you know, 30, 40 years ago into their hearts and into their lives is now, you know, being fulfilled, right? So what, what brought division later brought a different type of peace. You know, my dad now, he's seen most of his siblings. I think all of his siblings have passed away. He's the last one. But he's seen now, like, his nieces, nephews, and and them coming to know Christ. But also knowing in his heart that before his siblings died, they gave their hearts to Christ. You know, his sisters, before they died, they gave their hearts to Christ. So it's it's been... Such a journey for him, but he's been able to see all these different, you know, peaceful moments for him. But not only the peace that God gave his heart, but even the peace of uniting the family. Do you see that? So there's all these passages that I started coming across as I began to dig through the scriptures on how the Lord describes himself as being that sword. For those who don't believe, it's a difficult time because it does separate you. Right? But even for believers, as we read in the book of Hebrews, he says, hey, his word and who he is is a double-edged sword that penetrates to the soul. Right? And it separates the things that don't belong in our lives. Right? Because how many times have we read through the scriptures and found that, man, this is God's word coming into my life, into my heart to challenge Me, even as a Christian, as a believer, even as a pastor and a leader to say, man, I need to change this about myself. I need to, I haven't been doing this the way God wants me to do this. Do you get? So that even is like, oh, man, and we struggle with those things sometimes because once we're set in our ways, it's not easy for us to change. And so when we see here that it says The people of the city were divided. We shouldn't be surprised that that's going to come. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, verse 2, he says, He made my mouth like a sword. And this is the prophet speaking here about the coming Messiah and how our Heavenly Father gave that power to his Son, our Lord, that when his word would be spoken, it would be like a fire, it would be like a sword. In Jeremiah 25, 19, it says, it's not my word. Is not my word like fire? He question, He's saying that as a question. Declares the Lord, and like a hammer that smashes a rock, that's the word of the Lord. That's the same word that is Jesus. Remember John chapter 1? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he is, right? And through him all things. We're created. So when we read all that, it's not just his word that we read, but it's he himself who is this fire and this sword. And then in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we, we, I know we're familiar with that one. It says the word of God is alive. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And it says it pierces even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Can you believe that? That is a powerful word. That's his sword. That's his word. And then it says, it judges our thoughts. Oh, this was deep. It judges our hearts. And watch this. And then it says, it judges our intentions. So the word of God comes to like bring all this like cutting and dividing. But for what? For his glory. So that we would remove the things, right? So that his word would remove the things and give us the new life we need. Give us that that peace and that joy that we find because it says even in these passages, as we finish off reading today, and as we've seen in the other chapters, it says, the word of the Lord spread. The church continued to grow. But you know what's also been really standing out to me is that it says, and the believers found great joy and were filled by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that powerful? They met great opposition. They traveled through different cities preaching the word of God. There's even a brief mention of a man that Paul encounters as he's preaching. He looks him in the eye, directly in the eye, and he discerns that the man had great faith. And he was lame from birth. In other words, when he was in his mother's womb, he was already lame. He was born that way, it says. He had had not been able to walk at all. And Paul sees him and he sees in his eyes that he has great faith. This struck me because now we're starting to see that from that passage in the beginning where it says, and the Lord confirmed his word because they were able to do signs and wonders. You saw that, right? Now Paul is there and as he's preaching, as he's teaching in the synagogues and to the people, he sees this man, he sees in his eyes that he has great faith and he tells him just like Jesus did, right? In many occasions, he tells him, stand up and walk. And the passage doesn't say that he had to go to therapy to learn how to walk. It doesn't say that he had to start building up his muscles to learn how to walk. Stand up on your feet. This is verse 10. And it says, at that, in other words, immediately in that moment, listen to this. He says, the man jumped up. He jumped up. Here's a man who had no muscles in his legs. He hadn't walked ever. He was lame from the time he was in his mother's womb. And it says that the man jumped up and began to walk. The word of the Lord began to confirm his presence with them. And to let them know, hey, as long as you do what I've called you to do, I will show you that I'm with you. And he shows us in so many ways. He shows us in so many ways today that he's with us. When the crowd saw this, then again, division and confusion came up. Because then they started saying that they were gods, right? They oh, you guys are gods. And then they started bringing like offerings to them. And, you know, Paul and Barnabas get mad. They get upset. And they says that they got so upset they ripped off their clothes and they're like, no. Why are you doing this? And even after trying to explain to them why they shouldn't, it says that they still had a hard time keeping them from bringing offerings to them. And then a few passages later, we read about more opposition, right? This time to the point where they stone Paul. They drag him outside of the city. They stone him. And I thought, for sure, for sure, he's done. Right? And they even thought they had killed him. They says that they left him there thinking he was dead. And they walk away. But then the disciples come around. It doesn't say much detail there, but we can imagine. I mean, you know, when a friend of ours gets hurt, we don't just stand there, right? And watch him and say, hey, man, can you get up? Right? It says he got stoned to the point of death. And it says the disciples came around him. In my mind, I would guess they came around and started praying for him. And maybe, maybe had to pray that God would bring life back into him. I don't know. But they had stoned him so bad that they thought he was dead. So they walked away and left him. But then the disciples came, stood around, probably prayed, tended to him. But look at what it says it says that he got up. And instead of running away again, he runs back into the city. Isn't that crazy? Paul was nuts. He runs back into the city. And then he says the next day. So I'm guessing he went back, rested, gathered himself, probably cleaned himself up. And it says the next day. And I'm going to read even more in between the lines. And I'm going I'm to say that he probably spent some time alone with the Lord. And asking him, okay, is this you now? Closing the door here, should I move on? Because it says that he moved on to another city the next day, but did he move on to stop his preaching? Did he move on defeated? Did he move on and say, I said, I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm not preaching this message anymore. All I'm doing is getting hurt. People shutting doors on me, talking bad about me, stoning me. I'm done. Now it says that he continued to preach the word of God. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. This is verse 21. They returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. And look at what it says strengthening the disciples and encouraging them. I'm going to stop there. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them. Even after all the hardships, all the hardships, they've been thrown in jail. They've been beaten. They've been thrown out of cities. All these hardships that they have faced. I don't know if you've ever been hit with a rock. When I was a kid, we used to make these things we called tirabolitas. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but we'd cut the top of a milk carton, a milk gallon. Okay? Somebody's nodding their head back there. (laughs) And then we'd get a balloon. And we'd we'd fit the balloon on the top part where you have the threaded part of the milk gallon. And we'd put a rubber band to hold it in place. So they had to be tight. And we'd get little tiny pebbles, put them in there. Bah, right? And we'd shoot each other with those things. Or we'd shoot lizards, mostly lizards, because they hurt when we would shoot each other. And there was these trees we had that had these little green, like, little berries on them. Real small, little green Big shaded trees we had in our yards, and we'd get the little balls, those little the little berries, and shoot them at each other because they were hard little berries. But most of the time, we were shooting like, don't be mad at me, okay? We would shoot like the, the stray cats from the street, ah, you know, lizards, whatever. But once in a while, we'd shoot them at each other, and those were tiny. Ah, man, they would hurt, right? These guys got stoned almost to death. Some of them... To death. You won't always die by one, right? By the first one, I don't think, unless it hits you in the right spot. But these guys were suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet it says they were encouraging. They were encouraging the believers to continue. It says it, to continue to stand firm, to continue trusting the Lord. And I'll leave us with this. When was the last time we encouraged someone to continue, even in the midst of hardship? When was the last time you and I encouraged someone to say, hey, don't give up. Hey, you have to keep going. We have to keep going. We can't give up. And I pray that tonight as we leave, we would take the passages, the scriptures, the stories we're reading about, And focus on really what's at heart here. You and I have a purpose. And God has called us to that purpose. And as long as we don't shy away, as long as we don't hold back, as long as we live our lives, don't worry about being perfect. Okay? Don't worry about that. Just forget about that. Throw that one out. Because we all missed that boat a long time ago. I love one of my boys' teachers, I was messaging her today because, you know, I, I just love what she said. She said, look, I always tell the students because I told her, hey, Lucas got a little frustrated with this page and He went and threw it away in the trash. <laughs> and I was like, why are you throwing that away? I don't know. I can't do it. I can't finish it. And I was like, well, don't throw it away. And his teacher said, I told him I don't expect perfection. I told them to just try and whatever they can do is fine. We'll go, we'll talk about it in class or Just do whatever they can. She goes, matter of fact, it's not even their grade level. It's fifth grade level. And I was like, oh. So when I told him that, he kind of had this sense of like, oh. And he goes, okay, dad. And I said, dude, don't ever worry about you not being able to do something. One of us will help you. And if we can't, we'll call somebody. (laughs) We'll call somebody that can help you. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is that for us, like he was for the apostles. We don't have to worry about carrying this weight of like having to be a perfect, holy, you know, holy in the sense of like, oh, I have to live a certain. No, all we need to focus on is just focus on every day living for the Lord. Say, Lord, today I choose you. Show me that you're with me. And I'm not going to shy away from who I am in you. And I'll be who I am, who you've called me to be. And I'll be that light. And I'll be that salt. I'll do what I have to do. And I'll speak it truthfully. And I'll speak it boldly. And when I don't know the answer, hey, I'll come back to you and I'll look for it. And, you know, let's be humble. And that way we can encourage each other and, and really spur each other into like, you know what? That's right. That's all we need to do. Not focus on everybody else or anything else other than if I do this and I just focus on the Lord and what he's done for me and what I can do with him, I'm going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And look at that same peace that he said, hey, there is a peace that I can bring to you that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that the world doesn't give. That's what I want you to live with. That once you accept me, there's this peace that you know we're going to be okay. No matter what may come. No matter what hardship. No matter what sorrow. What pain. Comes my way. As long as I have the Lord, we'll be okay. Lord, thank you for your word tonight. I pray your blessing on your people, your children. I pray that we would all have this attitude to persevere, to continue to move forward and push forward no matter the hardship that may come. Lord, I pray that you would give us and build up that faith in us, that that seed of faith would continue to grow, that faith muscle would be exercised so that we would not be spiritually lame That we would be able to stand up spiritually. That we would be able to stand our ground. Stand in your word and stand firm no matter what may come. That we would be faithful to you, Lord, in all things. We pray tonight in your name, Lord Jesus. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Lord, be with you. We'll see you next week. Say hi to somebody.